Ashley Brock reading Diana Palmer's book, Wyoming Bold, Chapter 11. Tank phone bears. <laughs> he should be foster. He tells her things. She tells her She's that sort of woman. It doesn't mean she's got eyes for her. Let me pull it out. Oh, I think. This old phone rang. Pulled it out of his belt and answered, Kirk, can you bring Rook and meet me in the parking lot of Custom Kitchen? Kirk's in it. One hell four. Are you hungry? Tank asked sarcastically. I'll tell you when you get here. He hung up. Tank relayed the message. He's found something that isn't willing to talk at the house. Rook said grimly. Charlie didn't leave Carla at the house by herself. Tank asked really. I could almost assure you that he's got her with him. He may be a womanizer, but there isn't anybody better at the job than he is. He wasn't there when Marissa was almost poisoned. Tank pointed out. None of us would have expected the SOB to walk into the house and poison her mates. Rickard told him to stop and frown. He said he left tracks. Yes. Okay. Now, isn't that interesting? He's thinking of the poison prescription meds so that they're undetectable. Yet he leaves footprints. We need answers. Tank moved out of him to a nearby ranch. I think we're about to get them too, <laughs> predicted. Carla was with Carson. He sent her aside with a gentle smile to have coffee while he talked over some things with his colleagues. Tech was somber and cold. Carson either didn't notice or didn't care. He was on what he had, what he and the sheriff's investigator uncovered. The tracks led to the highway about a mile behind the house. Carson told him, leaning casually back against the bed of the truck with his arms crossed. They vanished. We assume a car or another vehicle was parked there. We found a partial tire track on the snow on the side of the road. We couldn't track any further on foot, but the sheriff's department has dogs. They marked the spot with the GPS and they're bringing out bloodhounds in the morning. He said, well, if you want my take on it, we'll track him to a desert house or a parking lot in another dead end. He's like, he's just playing games. That's all. Games. He almost killed a woman. Take his letter. To him, it's just a game, Carson replied calmly. Cat and mouse. He's playing with you. Tank looked menacing. Curse the face on me. I know what she means to you. He said quietly. I'm not downplaying how serious it could have been if she'd taken more than one of those maternity on lace capsules. I'm telling you how he feels about it. How do you know so much? Thank you. Men working partner in patterns, he said surprisingly. I was a math wizard in college. He had top of my class. In fact, I have a photographic memory, which came in handy when I majored in history as an undergrad. History, as you may know, is mostly calls law. I had in mind being another F. Lee Bailey. He mused if I dropped out of law school just before graduation due to personal matters. He said, what I'm saying is that people have habits that make them predictable, like equation. This man shows a few traits that may help us track him down. So dressed in Casmel, he's a master of disguises. We know that already. He's single-minded methodical, careful, and he knows how to tamper with psychopharmaceuticals without being caught. So how is it that this careful, methodical man leaves a trail a kindergarten child could follow? Look at things. We were just discussing that. <laughs> Confess. He's keeping you off your guard, unbalanced, but placing Marissa and Clara in danger. So, hang on. He's afraid that you're going to remember something that will hurt him, point him out to the authorities. He'd like to kill you, but he can't get close enough, so he's keeping you focused on a woman 
on the women instead of the past. They might have a poet, Rook said. There's another thing, Carson said. Remember what I said about the man I worked with? He was an expert at all covert poisons. I do, Pink said. You met him once, too, I believe, Carson told Rook. The redhead fellow was always talking about sharks. Sharks, thanks, Raiden. What? You met, you met him once, too, I believe, Carlson told Rook. The red-haired fellow who was always talking about sharks. Sharks, thanks, Raiden. What? Carson had to. Sharks, he paced, touching his word. Sharks, why can't I remember? Someone was talking about a man who mentioned sharks. Carly. Church went and cast her eyes off. Yes, thanked her. Remember, she's other rogue agent came into Cash's office and he was talking about sharks and how misunderstood they were. She said he told her he liked to swim with them in the Bahamas. Sharks disguises poisons the Bahamas. Curse eyes off. I need to make a couple phone calls. Well, did you want us to meet you here? Rook asked the other man pulled out something. The man we're looking for knew that Marissa kept her headache pills in her bedside table. And that she was starting to get a headache. How? We looked at each other. I missed the bug. We missed the bug. Curse the total. Impulse the bug. I ran the roofs full time just to make sure. You were out of sight yesterday, thinks so. it. Well, Marissa took the medicine only for 30 minutes. About that time, I was driving Marissa. About that time, I was driving Marissa home where it was clearer. I don't know. We can ask, Rook said, leading the way into the rest. And if she was out of the house at all, that gave him the opportunity to sneak in another book. What about the capsules, think I? That would have taken time. The door, the doctor said it was almost a perfect job of tampering. He knows she has headaches. All we lacked was the opportunity to place the capsules. Why not when he was bugging the place, think I? I imagine he makes it up as he goes, replied Clark. He plans, but he plans the situations to develop. He might have learned about her headaches for the first time after he placed the books. The tampering could have taken place over a period of days. Yes, Rick Pulse. And he might have counted on Marissa's father to take her out for him, along with the mother. He has to take off. The man is unbalanced. Brilliant, but unbalanced. Claire saw them come in and motion them to the booth where she was smiling. We should eat while we're here. She's just. Then if I can impose on you to drive me to the hospital, take that as these I'll go to Clara. It began after they ordered a few plates. When Carson was at place in his surveillance units, did you leave the house at all? Like, well, yes, just to run to the dry cleaners and leave a comforter. I wasn't gone five minutes. Why? Tank and Rook exchanged glances. Tank nodded. Don't say anything in the house that you mind being overheard, Rook told her. You must ex be extraordinarily clever. I'm not going to remove the bug he just placed. Let her think we're too dumb to realize it's even there. Bug, I don't understand. Begin to explain how they thought the bug was placed, how the intruder knew where Marissa kept her headache medicine. Oh, goodness, Claire said heavily. I opened my big mouth just like I did, telling them where Bill was, and I got him killed. Then there's the other man, the one Marissa told us about that she saw in her mind, a man who knew about this intruder and was going to tell on him. You can't save the world, Rook said heavily. There was one. Oh, I know. I've been trying. She's my wheel. To see your point, it's very hard, though, to know something and not to be rewarded. And he wasn't. In that case, I you have to consider that some things just happen the way they've meant to. We can't see very far down the road. God can. 
Okay. Carson came back and he slid to the booth beside Clara. I put some things in motion, he said. There's been a development back home. What? Take it. Seems that Cash Grier managed to track down the man who attacked Carly's father with a knife. Turned up to be in the morgue in San Antonio. He was poisoned. Good grief, Tinkley. Marissa told him that there was a man who knew him and was thinking about giving going to the authorities. He said he knew who it was and he'd take care of it. It's going to hit her hard. Berkshire knives. Don't tell her. The man in a rap sheet seven pages long, Carson added. One of his arrests was for rape. He's no loss to the world. He talked to the authorities, I guess. Do you know? He made a phone call before he died. It was to a police officer in San Antonio. They're trying to connect the officer to see if, it, if a conversation ever took place. One more minor detail. Yes, Tinka. A man was taking prescription medicine for allergies. The capsules were tampered with. Like to take a guess of what sort of poison was in them? Don't tell me, Rookson. Mathenium. Exactly. He had access to it on the ranch, didn't he? Carson asked Tank. He was in and out of the barn where we kept it. But it was a locked shed. But it's in a locked shed room, Tank replied. You keep your keys hanging just inside the back door in the house, Rookson. Does one of them fit the stove room? Tank's like, she warned me. About those keys the first day she came to the house. He said, he said, he'll find them there. He's very perceptive. I wish I'd listened. Take Trump. You found another way, Carson said. Anything can be used to poison someone, even common household items. Like hand grenades, except I believe I had the convoy. It was too, too few of those. The convoy, Al Ron, was accidentally blown up. But if you equally accidentally tossed ten grenades, he looked perfectly innocent. Nice aim, <laughs> said Grenade. I get in some practice from time to time. Tank started to ask a question. When the jukebox hand holdover from the past started up, the sounds of rock music filled the rest of Try talking over that, cursing ground. The song was an old hard rock tune by Joe Jett called I Love Rock and Roll. and a hard, heavy beat. It had been favored of the Kirk's mother when she was still alive. All back memories were saying, smile always listened, then quite suddenly wrong. What's wrong, Carson? You got that song, he said. Yes, it's loud, Carson. No, the man who was, or who was pretending to be a DA agent when I was ambushed, he said, feeling all over again, getting back to me. I heard that song. The more plays tricks and dangerous situation. It was that song, but it wasn't song. It was, I don't know. Like wild chimes. He faltered as he tried to go. Wild chimes. My employer, he said hesitantly, before he gave the relationship. Not the real point of that. was a very expensive switch watch that he customized with the tone he was fond of. Lays the opening balls of Beethoven's Night Sympathy. It, was a, it sounded like wind chimes or chapel chimes that used to come out of the steeples of churches. Tanks are very still. He closed his eyes, trying to remember me. It's no use, you know. When I picture him, all I can see is that damn gaudy paisley shirt he was wearing. But I know I heard chimes. It could have been a watch. I'm not sure he was wearing it. Judging by his suit, he couldn't have afforded an expensive switch watch with customized music yet. His suit was strictly off the rack. Carson pulled out a cell phone, opened an internet box. What, Tink asked. It's a long shot, he said. But I'm curious about that tune. It rings a bell somewhere in the back of my mind. He tapped on the search strings and waited. Then he tumbled, 
thumbed through the result, which seemed to go on forever, finally passed the screen. His face grew even more grim. Several months ago, he said, looking up, about the time Ains Carson made his bust and he got ambushed, the sick turning was murdered in San Antonio. And, I guess, they think it was a thief because of what was stolen. His wife was wealthy. wealthy. He was wearing a very expensive Swiss watch. They said it had a musical alarm, but not what the tune was. It was never found. Tank Carson. A break, maybe. Carson nodded. He was still pulling up websites he found. There's a photograph of the prosecutor who was killed. I want you to look at this. He leaned his iPhone to Tank, who took it and Facebook. What? Rick Haswood told Tank's expression. That damn shirt. The damn Paisley shirt? He drew a little. That looks like the shirt the so-called federal agent was wearing. Can you find out if the shirt went missing? Rick asked Let me find out for you. I know a homeless on detective with San Antonio P. Let me phone that for you. I know a homeless on detective with San Antonio PD. Said he pulled out his own phone, but I called a lieutenant of detectives, Rick Marquis. Rook. Rick, Rick, Rick Marquis stated when he heard the South African. That's me. How was things? Busy. You blush on my wife and are expecting any day now. Congrats. Rick was on. Thanks. We're pretty excited. The change is coming. You're telling me, listen, I'm working for a bloke up here in Miami. Take, excuse me, Dallas, Dalton Cook. Haynes Carson told me about that. Any luck catching the culprit? That's why we're hoping you could give us a hand officially. Rookie replied. Our son Antonio District Attorney was murdered some months ago, and some things were stolen from him, yes? Yes, except he was a good guy, hardworking and honest and rep. Relentless, he left behind a wife and two small children. Damn bad luck. He was walking through the car park after hours when somebody jumped him, shot him to death, and mobbed him. Never caught the pup, yes? That's right. Why? I understand that a watch was one of the, one of the stolen items, specifically an expensive switch watch, swish watch. I don't remember exactly, but I think so. Asked for the phone and out of Don't Kirk here. Lieutenant Marquis. Was your murder victor also wearing a Paisley shirt at the time, and it was, and it was missing? Let me think. Oh, I remember now. It was one of the more puzzling aspects of the crime. Of course, criminals come in all colors and mental persuasions. The man's shirt was removed by whoever killed him, left his suit coat, which was very expensive, lying on the ground. His wallet was taken, the watch and the shirt. Was he shot? Was he shot in the chest? No, in the head. Some blood, not a lot, on his suit coat. Although there was quite a bit on the pillar behind him, the shirt was it identified by anyone? His wife said it was a Condor Paisley shirt. She had a famous Paris designer house create for him. What is it? Rick Asman thanked her in his breath. The man who shot me was wearing a shirt like that. Sheravane's Carson remembers the Asian who was with him at his drug bus, also wearing one. I don't know if you saw the man's watch, but you might ask him. This is gonna be this is going in a strange direction, Rick said. Tell me about it. It looks like we may have your prosecutor's murder up here in Wyoming trying to kill me. Takes it. I don't know why, but I think it might have something to do with your unsolved murder down there in Texas. I think you might be right. Tell me everything you remember about the man, Rick said. We have one witness who saw a killer run away, paused right by the window of her bake shop. We pulled in all the usual suspects and didn't line up, but she couldn't identify anybody. In fact, the description she gave us was, frankly, right up there with ones we get from people 
on hallucinating drugs. How so? She said he had flaming orange hair and that he was carrying a blow-up children's swimming pool toy. To draw attention. To draw attention away from his face. Tank said to remember something near Carson. Or to make the witness sound foolish when given a description of him. Probably he grabbed the child's toy from someone's yard when he fled the scene. Possible, yes. Tell him about the man who stabbed Carly Blair's father. That perp was poison. Tell him about the man who stabbed Carly Blair's father. That perp was poison. Carson from. Yes. He told Marquis about that. Yes, he told Marquis about that, but Marquis already knew. He just hadn't connected the two cases. There might not be a connection. He added, but he checked it out anyways. Might be nothing, but I have a feeling there are some connections here. I'll get people looking into it. Give me back to Rip. Nice to meet you, by the way. Marquis from. Same here. Yeah, the phone back. Yes, that's right. Tried to poison a young woman, a friend of Dalton's. And he's repeated. Lay, put her in the line of fire. He's bugged the cat home, in her home. We thought he was a nutter. Now I'm beginning to realize that he's a lot more at stake than we realize. Apparently, he was afraid Dalton might remember what he just has to connect him with that murder. Same for Haynes Carlson. It also explains why he wanted the computer to go up to Haynes' office. Didn't want anybody to see that the shirt he had on. Posted the watch as well and make a connection. Which leads us still to another question. If he's some random killer, why is he so concerned that he might be linked with a particular murder? He made it seem like a robbery, didn't he? Rick said, Maybe he didn't want to connect with the case your prosecutor, your prosecutor might have been working on. Damn, good detective work there, Mark, he said, won't you give up feeding people the crocodiles and come work for me? You can have free coffee in your parking place. Sorry, <laughs> feeding crocs is a bit more lucrative at the moment. Here's my cell number. I'll be with the cooks so if you need to reach Dalton. This is the best way. The phones won't not be safe. We'll have to recheck everything. <laughs> good idea. Rick gave him the number and then they exchanged a few more words and hung up. Well, think of all this over a murder in Texas. It would seem to connect, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. He's going to an incredible amount of trouble to cover his tracks, but since then, he's made himself a target with attempted murder here. He might be in on the hit they planned for Haynes Carson. Tanks it's only. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have agreed even two days ago, Carson, but I'll leave you on to something. I know he is, Clara said when Saquon listening to that. That was what Marissa saw. She said that you were being targeted because of something you didn't even remember. It makes sense now. It certainly does, Tank answered. We have to be more careful than ever. We can't assume that he hasn't placed more devices around the ranch. We have people coming in all the time. From you as a DA inspector to cowboys to suppliers, even men who drive the cattle trucks and are sometimes temporary hires. It's a big ranch. takes a lot of people to keep it operating. We do run background checks on people who come most often, but we don't extend it to temporary temporaries who work a day or two. I can run a check on everyone who comes through the gate with facial recognition software. Calls and sick quietly. It'll take time, but anyone who isn't regular will stick out like a red flag. Good idea. I'll make sure everyone knows to keep conversation general and away from anything concerning the intruder. Tank talk. Look there. That goes double for you. And for Marissa, when she gets home, clear not. We'll be very careful this time. I'll get a scrambler. Carson said with a smile. It's not an obvious block. 
like jamming. I'm just giving you a little privacy by confusing the transmitters for anyone who's shopping. Thanks, Claire said softly. The Rachel's delivered trays of food, mostly turkey, dressing plates in honor of Christmas, and they fell silent while they ate. After finishing at the diner and saying goodbye to the two men, take to Claire with him to the hospital. Rip climbed into the car with Carson, gives the other man a what? Carson asked. Just curious about something. The other man raised an eyebrow. We turned to the station man. You've changed, explained. All the time I've known you, there was nothing you hated more than women. Now suddenly, you're done warm. Carson looked out the windshield. Variety is the spice of life. That wasn't you even a year ago. Carson left with me. It was. I had moods. Sometimes I think about things and women go right down on the scale like a rock falling. Oh, I was Mr. Conservative for a while. Then I had a personal tragedy. He said, Clausen over the tragic death of his wife. Afterward, I saw a woman in a different. I saw women in a different way. But most of the time, hell, they want to play around like me and notch the bedpost at night, laugh at commitment. Why shouldn't I avail myself of the opportunities that present themselves to me? I'm no monk. Neither am I, replied his mom. But I'm not in your leg, he shook his head. Damn, you've caught skills. <laughs> I got a pretty bouquet. Some have long stems, some have short ones. But the more beautiful they are, the more I enjoy them for a while. Women who aren't beautiful can have other traits just as well, they point out. Not my thing. I don't like plain women with ancient attitudes. <laughs> Uh, her clients said, "They had been said that had been said of the pyramid. Now a few of those have we." One Carson thought back to Curly when he said to him, "Life's too short, short not to appreciate beauty when it drapes itself over your arm. It purves like a kitten." Luke smiled. "Yeah, I guess you have a point." He looked out the window. His face was hard as nails. Right, he is less abrasive than trying to cut with just one woman. I totally agree, Curly. You're putting Dalton's back up. Did you notice? Carson's jealousy. He said it with a flash of you. And he should be jealous. If I were less, a little less scrupulous, I'd take her right out from under him. She's special. Very special, Wilkinson. Do you know about Tank? Carson Wilson. He's a rich rancher. <laughs> He's something I like with a form of a forward unit, Rick said. He waited in when the tank pinned down his unit and blew it up. That's where I got the name. Impressive. Came home with hardly a scratch. We sat a loose end. His brothers were paralleling the ranch into an empire, but don't want more excitement. He liked the idea of a federal job, but there's no benefits. One of the officers he knew pulled a few strings and got him a job as a border patrol union agent. Expression came to him. One day, a DEA agent came into his office and asked for immediate assistance with the drug bugs going down. Dalton had no reason not to believe the man. He went with him, walked into an ambush and was almost shot to pieces in the attack that ensued. He was in the hospital for weeks undergoing surgery after surgery. Good God, Carson said only. He's walking again, and he doesn't have any obvious marks on him, but I can tell you that it left scars from never leaves, physical as well as mental. He had to leave the job, obviously. Marlo McCain had brought this rat several years earlier, the two of them most would have blood to go while Tank was in Iraq and later working for the feds. They've made some amazing improvements here, turned the place into a total green operation. He skyrocketed in worth since they took it over. 
you said. Marlowe's got a real knack for investments. Tank does the marketing and Kane shows the cattle. They're amazingly successful. Carson was quite thinking about Dalton's injuries and especially about the ones that wouldn't show that would make it hard for him with a woman. He never spoke of how bad it was. Carson said, Let's lock him. He doesn't advertise his problems. Carson was reminding of Carly's shoulder where he'd seen the outfit of the fabric. He wondered if she too had scars and didn't show. Gold, I'm tired. I just hope more geese can come up with some answers that would help us solve this case before anyone else is hooked or dies. Carson's lips made it in. That makes two of us. Tank had stopped by the gift shop at the hospital while Clara went in to see her daughter. Marissa was just out of intensive care in her room. Tank made his purchase and then made his way up to the floor where her room was. He held his hand behind him as he entered after a light tap. Come in, Marissa said in a weak but happy tone. Her eyes lit up at the side of him. She smiled. Very good. He heard him. How's it going? Kid. Then she remembered he said, What are friends for? <laughs> Face fell. He saw that and his heart sank. He pushed him. Back. How are you feeling? He said, gently. Better, thanks. She said, Sick, tired, scared. She had a glance at Clara. Clara pressed I'm fine. I have plenty of protection. Okay. Marissa said, relaxing a little. Took past her. Something's come up, hasn't it? He raised his Sorry. She says, I can't help it. I wasn't criticizing, but yeah, something has come up. I just can't tell you about it. He was probably being paranoid, but he didn't even trust the hospital room not to be bugged. He must be spending too much time alone, he figured. Okay, she said. She was quick. He didn't want to talk in here. Maybe he thought the room was bugged. It wasn't beyond imagination, after all. The man had managed to get into her bedroom all at the cabin and tamper with her headache pills. Brought you something, he said. He did? Her face brightened when she smiled. Is it something nice to eat? Something besides gelatin and soup, maybe? It's a tea bone steak and plain wrapper. He whispered in a comfortable tone. Wicked, Sila. Face lit up when she was happy. She was beautiful. He had to shake himself to stop from blurting it out. She was hand reminded him. It's probably corny. She took the small ceramic sculpture from his hand. It was a hawk. No, it was two hawks. One male, one female, sitting together on a limb. The piece was carved from wood and hand painted. It was beautiful. <laughs> Tears turned around. I'll treasure it forever. <laughs> she looked at She looked at Hey. He smiled. He been uncertain, but the smile made his order. I'm glad you like it. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I didn't get you anything. She said miserably. Oh, that's not a Christmas present. He replied. Just an impulse thing. <laughs> okay, then I feel better. Thank you again. Did they say when I can go home? She asked Claire. Claire said, nobody tells me much, but I can go ask. Would you? Claire's mine. Of course. Be right back. She left the room and tank dropped into the chair beside Marissa's bed, took her small hand in his and held it tightly. When she met his searching gaze, everything since their last meeting went right out of her head, and she thought her heart would beat her to death. <laughs> End of chapter 11.